All right, we are doing now Monday's portion of Achrei. Usually, Achrei, Mice, and Kedeshim are joined, but in a leap year, as this year is, when we have an extra month to realign the lunar calendar with the solar, these portions that are generally combined are generally in a leap year separated. Just a little discussion on the concept of a leap year. The Jewish calendar is lunar. But there is one verse in Torah that states that Passover, that Pesach, is in the spring. And because of that one verse, we now have an obligation that the lunar calendar stays aligned with the solar. Because a solar calendar is a season. If we didn't regulate the lunar calendar, what would happen because the lunar calendar is shorter than the solar, is it starts, as we would call it, creeping backwards. So Passover, Pesach would start being closer and closer to the winter, and then in the winter, and then in the fall, and then in the summer. So to keep the calendar from slipping too far away, that the lunar and the solar stay adjoined, approximately once in every three years, we add a month, to like push the lunar back forward, push the lunar back to stay aligned with the solar, which is what's happening this year. And therefore we added this extra month of Adar to push Passover so it gets back to be aligned in the spring. And therefore, Achrimos and Kedoshim this year are separated. So we are on Monday of Achri. And we're discussing here, we're continuing our discussion, of the services of the high priest on Yom Kippur. So we are in chapter 16. We are up to verse 18. He, he meaning the high priest, which in this case is Aaron, he shall go out to the Mizbeah, to the altar, that is before Hashem, and make atonement upon it. He shall take the blood of the bull and from the blood of the he-goat and place it on the horns of the Mizbeah, the altar all around. So the question is, which what altar are we talking about here? We're talking about the golden altar, the golden Mizbeach that was in the sanctuary. There were two altars, one that was outside the sanctuary, where the regular animal offerings were offered. And then we have the golden altar in the sanctuary, where the incense was offered. So if we're talking about the golden altar that's in the sanctuary, why do we say to go out to the altar? He's not going out. This altar's in the sanctuary. He's in the sanctuary, and the altar's in the sanctuary. So what does it mean to go out? So he explains that in the previous service, what the high priest was doing directly before this verse, is he was sprinkling blood on the preiches. The preiches is the curtain separating the holy from the holy of holies. Now, to sprinkle that blood, he was standing in the area between this golden altar and the Perichas. So he was closer than the golden altar to the Perichas, and he was literally in that area between the golden altar and the Perichas, sprinkling the blood on the Perichas. Now he has to go out, because now he has to go to the area past the altar, to start sprinkling blood on the altar. He's supposed to sprinkle blood from the northeastern corner of the altar, 
which is that corner which faces the entrance on the east side. So he's going out from his previous position between the altar and the preface to go now to the other side of the altar where now he's between the altar and the entrance of the sanctuary. And at this position, he's going to sprinkle the blood on the altar. And he's going to make atonement. What is the atonement? He's taking this mixture. Now this is the first time we're actually mixing the bloods of the bull and the he goat. Until now, they were separated. The verse continues, 19. He shall sprinkle upon it from the blood with his finger seven times. And he shall purify it and sanctify it from the impurities of the Jewish people. So he's going to sprinkle on it. First, he's putting the blood with his finger on the horns. And then he's sprinkling several sprinklings on the roof of the altar. He's purifying it from whatever desiccation, whatever impurity has happened in the past. And he's sanctifying it for the future. So it shouldn't be profaned in the future. So that's why the verse uses these two terms, to purify it and to sanctify it, purify it from any mess-ups, any desecrations of the past, and sanctify it to prevent anything happening inappropriately in the future. Verse 20, when he is finished atoning for the sanctuary, the tent of meeting, the homoed, and the altar, he shall bring the living he-goat near. If you remember, as we mentioned yesterday, uh, one of the unique parts of the Yom Kippur service in the temple was this service with the two he-goats, that they were lots, and one of them was offered as an offering, as we've just been discussing, the blood of this he-goat offering. And the other one is sent to Azazel, and that's what we're now going to be describing. This one that is sent to this cliff, to be thrown off this cliff, and to atone for all the sins of the Jews through this very unusual offering. It happens only once a year on Yom Kippur. Aaron shall lean his two hands upon the head of the living he goat and confess upon it all the iniquities of the Jewish people, all their rebellious sins, among all their sins, and place them upon the head of the he goat and send it with a designated man to the desert. So it's as if this goat is now absorbing all of our sins and with its death is bringing atonement for all of our sins. There's a very unusual term used here about this person. It's called Ish-Eti who was a person who was designated from the preceding day, but E.T. doesn't really mean designated. That's just how I translate it. E.T. is from the word ace, which means time. So a timely person, because he was told to be ready for a particular time. He was told the day before Yom Kippur to be ready to perform this task on Yom Kippur. Or you can understand it as time, like a whole 24-hour period, meaning in E.T., this person when the process of preparation, which takes a full day. It's very interesting just about this person. So all the services of the temple, they drew lots. And, you know, the priests all wanted, they were so eager to be able to serve God and to win the lot and do the service. Now, it was known, they figured out, that the man that took this he-goat to this cliff, pushed it off the cliff, and it fell off the cliff and died, that man never lived out the year. They saw every single year. It happened too many times for for them not to realize that the priest that 
was in charge of taking the Higo to this cliff, to Azazel, and they're pushing it off and Higo dying, he also gave up his life every single year. And yet we're told that one priest abstained from being in this lot and they all still so much wanted to serve God that they wanted the merit of doing this special, unique service for God, even though they knew that their life would be part of the cost for the service to be complete. 22. The he-goat will bear upon itself all their iniquities to a cut land, and he should send away the he-goat to the desert. Okay, now we're continuing. We're not really focusing on the he-goat here. We're continuing the services of Aaron on Yom Kippur. Aaron shall come to the tent of meetings, the Homo'ed. He shall remove the linen garments that he had worn when he entered the sanctuary and shall leave them there. So Rashi says that this verse is actually not in sequentially where it belongs. Everything else that we've read is. This entire portion is written in order in the order that the service of Yom Kippur was performed, except this one verse. Because this verse takes place after the performance of the service of his Ola offering, his personal offering that's completely burnt, and the people's Ola offering that's completely burnt, which is verse 24. And then afterwards, this verse occurs. And what's happening back and forth over the course of this day is he keeps switching from his normative garments of gold to the special garments that he wears for those activities of the day that are unique services for Yom Kippur. And then, as we said yesterday, he can't wear garments of gold because gold was part of the sin of the golden calf. And therefore, he shouldn't stand before God with gold. So he stands with these pure white linen garments that are special for Yom Kippur. And as we're going to learn today, we're only for that one Yom Kippur. Then they were put away and never used again. So the services of Yom Kippur, as we said, high priest is going to change his garments five times. So this is the work. So Rashi clarifies for us. First, he offers the regular Ola offering of the morning. In other words, the, what we call the Tamachel Shahar, the normative first offering of the day, so that he offers in gold, because that's a regular daily occurrence. Then he does the Yom Kippur service, the offering the bull and the he goat. This is the bull of the high priest, and the he goat that was selected by lots. As we said, there was two lots. One was offered to God, meaning a normative offering in the temple, and the other one went to Azazel. Both of those offerings were performed inside the sanctuary, and he's taking that special incense of coals, which means this special incense that he's bringing into the Holy of Holies. All of those, of course, he's wearing white, because those are services of Yom Kippur. Then he offers his ram and the ram of the people and some of the Musaf offerings in gold. And then he removes the ladle and the coal pan which means he's going back into the Holy of Holies to take them out, so then he's again in white. And then he offers the rest of the Musaf offerings and the Tamit of Habayrim, that offering that's offered every single day at the end of the day's offerings. And the incense of the sanctuary. And all of that, of course, those are regular daily occurrences, so they're in gold. 
So we see now, to say it sounds quite simple. To actually do it, this this took all day. And then when he finishes all of this, and he's finished all of these services, the verse says that he leaves the clothing there, which is telling us that these clothing are stored in the temple and never used again. They were just used for that one Yom Kippur. The next Yom Kippur, he will have a new set of these four special linen garments. So therefore, the verse that we just read really should be at the end of the service after verse 24 instead of where it is placed. So verse 24, again, which come before verse 23, he shall immerse his flesh in water in a sacred place and don his garments. He shall go out and offer his own Ola offering and the Ola offering of the people. Again, Ola because it's completely burnt and shall provide atonement for himself and for the people. So when it says before that he should wash his flesh and put on the garments when he was changing from gold to white. So we learned from there that every time he changes from the regular gold to the special Yom Kippur white, he needs immersion, he needs to go into a mikvah. Now we're talking here about the opposite direction, from the white to the gold. And now it also says he needs immersion. So from here we learn that he also needs immersion when he switches from white to gold. So if he's going from gold to white, or if he's going from white to gold, in either place, every time he's changing his garments, he needs, again, immersion. He needs tefillah, needs to immerse in a mikvah. And the verse says here that he immerses in a mikvah in a sacred place. Because there was more than one mikvah in the temple, and they were not all in what's called consecrated territory. So usually, actually, the immersion was not in consecrated territory. And that's why his first immersion of the day, which was like every other day when you immerse, it was not in consecrated territory. It was in unconsecrated territory. It was in the temple, but it was in part of the temple that's not considered consecrated. It was on the roof of the gate of the water, which was not considered a consecrated area. But all the other immersions of the day, there were four more. So in other words, the high priest immersed five times in Yom Kippur, once, like he does every day of the year, and four more times each time when he's changing the garments in either direction, white to gold or gold to white, all of those four immersions were on the roof of what's called the house of the parva. And that roof was consecrated territory. It was a sacred place. And that's what the verse here means, that this immersion is not like a regular immersion in the temple area, but not in the more sacred ground of the temple area. These four immersions are in a special mikvah not usually used in sacred ground. And when he finished all of this, he puts on his regular eight garments to conclude the services. Go out of the sanctuary to the courtyard where he offers in the outside altar, the altar where the offerings are generally burnt, these two offerings that we discuss in this verse, his own Ola, the animal he's offering for himself personally that's completely burnt, and the Ola for the people that's completely burnt.